see Everybody's living the dream Starring in the show that we film on our phones Taking photos for pretend magazines I don't want silver Don't want the bronze I won't play party I play the fonts Every time I see a shiny thing on the screen Maybe that could be me Self-acceptance. What does it mean? It might mean something a little bit different for everybody, but for me it means accepting who you are and loving yourself for who you are in whatever moment that you're in, which is very difficult to do or can be difficult to do depending on many different factors. It's so easy to look outward and say, if I did this, or I achieved this, or I had this moment, I would feel better about myself, which is a very convenient lie that we tell ourselves. I tell myself that sometimes. I'm definitely guilty of that. It's an easy trap to fall into. Um, the name of the song that just played was Golden by Corey Wong, featuring Cody Fry. And to me, that's what the song is about. It's about self-acceptance and striving to be better striving for more and looking within and just trying to go for the gold like the song talks about. Corey just released a new album called Elevator Music for an Elevated Mood. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the album. Um, Golden's one of my favorite songs on there. Also, Airplane Mode I really enjoy. Uh, it's kind of grooving. There's a mix of instrumental and vocal songs on there. You might know Corey from 
Wolfpack. He plays guitar in Wolfpack as well. Uh, I mean, how can you not love Wolfpack, the virtuosos? Uh, me and uh, Taylor, the producer for the show, a.k.a. Millhouse, we were watching videos last night. We were just blown away. We watched a live performance of Dean Town with the great Joe Dart just shredding on bass. It was beautiful. Uh, they were in Ireland, I think. I think it was uh, in Dublin, maybe. So go check that out as well. It's a great video. On the horizon here, we got some cool things planned. Um, let's, let's talk about some shows that are coming up. So on the 19th, which is this Sunday, Corey is going to be playing um, Lightning 100's uh, thing that they do Sunday nights uh, at 3rd and Lindsley. So that should be a really good time. Uh, me and Ned are going to be going out. My good friend Ned Lee are going to be going out. He's coming down to visit for Maine, coming to check out Nashville. So we're going to go see Corey play. I told him he was coming to town. He was super excited when he, he heard that, and he said he wanted to go. So we're going to go to do that. Um, on the 15th, let's backtrack here for a minute. On the 15th, Emma Holden is going to be playing with Laurel in the Levin at the 5 spot. It's their last night for their residency. You should definitely go out to that. Also on the 15th, No Name Blues are playing at 3rd and Lindsley. Of course, No Name Blues is comprised of uh, Josh Norfleet, Dustin McKee, and Kirk Morrow Jr. Uh, Josh, of course, is a frequent guest on The Poptimist. He's, he's probably like the number one repeat guest. So I'm really proud of them. It's a, a huge thing to be able to play 3rd and Lindsley. Big achievement. So congratulations to No Name Blues. Uh, on the 16th, our friend James Varner is going to be playing. Uh, he plays drums in Emma Holden Trio, so I play with him. He's going to be playing over at the Cobra with Year of October. And then on the 23rd, Emma Holden Trio will be playing at Springwater. So come check that out. Welcome to the Poptimist. Today we have producer of the show, Taylor Millhouse. Thank Miller. you for having me. Of course, dude. Did you uh, did you hear that they're banning all the vapes now? Yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of wild that that we can fight for our country and literally go to war, but we're not allowed to buy vapes. It's it's kind of weird. Well, it's like a two faced thing because they're um, first thing they did was they raised the smoking age to twenty one. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy if you think about it. It just seems like it happened like that. And then they're, they're banning all the flavored vapes now. Yeah. So this shit, like all these vape tanks and like the Fruity Pebbles and all that shit's about to be outlawed. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. I mean, my parents tell me that they remember when the smoking age was 16. It was 16? It was 16 at one point in American history. Which I wonder is, when that was. Which is crazy. Can you and, Google that? Yeah, I could, I could definitely Google that. Um, We're going to ban all vapes. We're going to ban all flavored vapes. We're going to bring the smoking age up to 21. Yeah, dude. I uh, I don't know how I feel about the government necessarily having a say in that. I don't think that's something that the government should handle. And in fact, Trump talks a lot about like getting the government out of people's personal lives and out of their business, and this is something where he's directly going against that. Which is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like I understand what they're doing. They're trying to keep teenagers from smoking. It's and, an epidemic with teenagers, dude. Well, teenagers I mean, jewel a lot, yeah, bro. Yeah, well, especially high schoolers. Yeah, you know when high schoolers can give sixteen-year-olds yeah tobacco products. That's probably not... I mean, I understand how that's not a good thing. Yeah. But it's also kind of like a limiting freedoms type thing. Too. They're going to do it no matter what, well, though. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like the drinking age is also 21, but guess what? Yeah. There's kids getting yeah, yeah. drunk all the Absolutely. time. They're going to figure out how to do it. I mean, people buy guns illegally, too. No matter what you do to yeah. restrict laws, if you want something, you can get it. Yeah, I don't know how good... It's actually going to do ban banning the vapes. I get why they're trying to do it, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really agree with it. I think that it should be across the board, age wise. Mm -hmm. I don't think it should be like eighteen to vote, but you know, twenty one to smoke cigarettes. 
Yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, it's like 18 to go, you can go to the fucking military and, yeah. and all that stuff, Actually, too. Actually, you can go at 17. You can with go at 17 parental with parental permission, yeah, with right? parents' consent. Oh, by the way, so prior to 1991, the minimum age to purchase tobacco products was 16. Wow. I did not know that. Then in 2000 was raised from 16 to 18. So right when I was born. I did not know that. That's, that's pretty crazy. So it was like if you were 16 in the 90s, you could buy cigarettes then. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts. I wonder if that actually does cut down on kids smoking. I imagine it does, and that's why they did it, just because of well, easy access. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, but as far as, like, tobacco products go, I mean, I, st- I, I think there's a huge difference between buying cigarettes and buying alcohol. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. So I, I would be okay if they just kept it with 18 and then 21 for alcohol. I think that's pretty pretty reasonable. What do you think it, when marijuana gets legalized, what should be the age for that? Oh, I definitely think it should be 18. <laughs> I definitely should. Your own personal bias. <laughs> that's, that's definitely really biased, but I definitely think it should be 18. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of teenagers with, with anxiety. Sure. And I feel like, I don't know. I, um... I bought CBD the other day. Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the what this, the weed age should be because, honestly, I started smoking when I was 19. So, I, do, I, I have a hard time, like, trying to criticize it when that's something that I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. a little bit hypocritical for me to say... 18 year olds who shouldn't smoke weed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i think it should be 18 um or maybe they should do the you know across the board 21 for everything because that's kind of when your mind fully develops they say in psychological studies um yeah there, there's some of that i think the other thing that, that i read it's like for dudes at least your brain's not for, fully formed until you're 25 yeah it i guarantee and I'm calling this now, that when weed gets legalized across the board, it will be 21 because they don't want high schoolers to get a hold of it. Yeah. So I could definitely see it being 21. Yeah. 100%. I mean, 95% of high schoolers are probably smoking weed right now yeah. as yeah. we speak. Literally in my hometown, you know, that's definitely a thing that's going on mm-hmm. for sure. Where, so, are you, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from a small town on the border of Kentucky called uh, logan county west virginia okay yeah it's a pretty small small town yeah what's it like there um well we have like you know three red lights <laughs> a few crosswalks stuff like that. just real small you know we don't have a lot of uh big chain restaurants in the town is there a mcdonald's no not in the city no we have a wendy's okay which is like you know walmart Mm-mm. no we have a Town and country, or like it used to be a Piggly Wiggly back okay. when, yeah, back, yeah, you know, a while back, which was it was cool. Uh, growing up there, I could literally walk to my high school, and so I would walk to school every day, walk to and from school. It was pretty cool, you know. But it wasn't like it's it's so much different than living in like a big city like Nashville, where I don't feel safe walking outside as often. You know, really? no, like to me, it's so. It's wild. It's wild. Like, uh, working near Broadway, you know, right in the uh, Walk of Fame area, is just so, like, dangerous now, to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, in my hometown, it was, like, nothing to, like, walk outside at, like, 3 in the morning, walk down the road, or, you know, go wherever. Yeah. It's, it's very different. It's a, it's a different cultural world, too, as well. How so? There's just so many, so many people with so many different beliefs and so many different, just different people. It's uh, it's really cool though. You get to meet a lot of interesting people for sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas back home, it's, I don't know, it's all, I don't know how to put it. They're all basically the same. Everybody believes the same thing yeah. almost. Whereas small here, town mentality. Small town mentality is what it definitely is. Mm-hmm. And here it's just, you know, you get to meet a lot of different people with a lot of different beliefs. It's super cool. We were talking about that last night because it's like everybody that we kind of run with, all of our different friends, they're all from different places. Yeah. There's not a lot of, 
native Nashville people. It's There's a very lot of, few. It's a lot of transplant people. That's mm-hmm. what they call it. I have a couple of friends that are native Nashville people, like my friend Matt Levine and my other friend John Morgano that I first started when I moved to Nashville. I worked with them. Um, and they, they grew up here in Nashville and Emma's from Nashville. Oh, is she? Re- I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah. So she'll, she'll talk about how much it's changed and it's interesting to hear, dude. I remember I came here when I was a kid cause my aunt has lived here for like 30 something years. So there's a few times where I came and we went down to Broadway and I remember there was a merry-go-round at the end of Broadway. You <laughs> like know, first and Broadway? Right on First and Broadway, yeah. It was right at the end. Like right by Hard on the Rock river. Cafe. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I don't know if Hard Rock was there yet. Yeah. I can't remember too much from it because I was pretty young. But we went inside this bar and it was like a NASCAR bar. And they had like a giant actual like real NASCAR stock car. Oh, cool. In the restaurant. I think huh. we got nachos or something. How um, I, I've heard that Broadway back in the day used to be a bunch of strip clubs. Yeah, well, it was like a lot. It was used to be a lot more dangerous. Yeah, I heard that it used to be like pretty raunchy. Mm-hmm. Which is, we have a place like that where I live too, like the same type of thing. But it's like Broadway if it hadn't ever turned to be good. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Do uh, does Emma talk shit about like so many people moving here? Because a lot of natives talk, you know, a lot of shit about a lot of people moving here. Um, I've heard a mixed bag uh, as far as that goes with some of the natives. Um, I haven't heard Emma talk shit about it. Mm. A lot of the natives, the people that have grown up here, they really like that Nashville is growing and that it's a cool place to be now. They're very proud of it, which I think is cool. There's like this uh, southern hospitality vibe in Nashville for sure where it's welcoming. Like Even if you come to the city for just the weekend – you're a Nashvilleian. Yeah. Just for the weekend. Yeah. If you go to one Preds game, you're a Predators fan. Yeah. Like, like I got that vibe the moment I walked in there to, to watch my first Predators game. Those games are fun, dude. They're really fun. Like, the vibe. Electric atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere is just unreal. Even if they're losing, the atmosphere is still, you know, it's still really good. And it's, it's pretty awesome. The music's always good there, too. Yeah. Bridgestone was, like, amazing my first time going there. Yeah. It was, like... It was my second month living in this house, and I went to Bridgestone. Yeah. And it was just, it was awesome. How long have you been in Nashville for now? Um, next month makes one year, which is wow. super awesome. Yeah. And you've been living here for about six months. I have. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome. I love living in East Nashville. Uh, before I lived in East Nashville, in Inglewood, um, I lived in Mount Juliet, mm-hmm. which was, it's very different very different mm-hmm. um but it's still really congested mount julian yeah there's a lot of people there there is mount Juliet's a pretty nice place i like it i like the kind of the suburban vibe um i like being outside of the city a little bit it feels more like normal life out there yeah. you know what i mean yeah well the difference between mount Juliet and englewood for me is i could walk into the walmart there because they have a walmart right there mm-hmm. where i live um, I lived super close to it, and it was just—it was like tons of um, older folks and like married couples and families and families, like with kids and stuff. And then I walk into ours, and it's all people my age. Yeah, it's all like younger people, like it's you know twenty-year-olds. That was one of the shocking things for me when I first moved to Nashville from Maine. Um, I came here on a trip beforehand just to come check it out for a job interview, all that shit, and I saw Tame Impala at the Ryman. Oh, wow. Um, and that, so that was my first show in Nashville. And I was really, uh, really shocked by it because it was all people in their twenties. And I'd never really been much around that. Um, when I lived in Colorado a little bit, it was like that. Um, but Nashville just had a different energy. Everybody was young and I was shocked by that because the median age in Maine there's an actual stat where it's like it flip-flops uh, back and forth between Maine, I think, Vermont and New Hampshire as the oldest, whitest states <laughs> in the country. Yeah. How old were you when uh, you seen Tame Impala at the Ryman? I was probably, well, I moved to Nashville four years ago. 
and it was like one or two months before I moved here. So I was maybe, so I'm 28 now. So I was like probably like 23 or 24 because yeah. it was before my birthday. My first trip to Nashville was when I was 12 years old. Um, 2012, we took, I took a bus tour here with a bunch, it was a, it was an, it was one of those like retirement bus tours where a bunch of old people get on the bus and they take them around. Well, I did that with my grandma one summer. Nice. And it was super fun. Um, I don't remember it looking anything like this though. I don't remember it at all. It's very Metro now. Yeah, it was very, it wasn't, we were after the country music hotspots. So we, we went to the Grand Ole Opry, which didn't have as nowhere near as big of a gift shop and like touristy stuff at the time. The uh, the actual Grand Ole Opry mm-hmm. or the Ryman? No, the Grand Ole Opry. Okay. We went to, um, which is really close to us. Yeah. Um, which I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but we, we went to like Opry Mills and stuff because that was there, um, I think, in 2012. Yeah. It may it may have just opened or it may not have opened yet because I remember something and we went to the uh, it was like the world's longest flea market which is like near Nashville it's like do you know what I'm talking about uh, no I dude there's know. a huge flea market in in like Tennessee it's like the it's like the world's biggest or something really? like that that's what they call it it's probably not the world's biggest but interesting it's it's ginormous and it's super it's like a mile long where is it I don't remember um it's like close enough. To here, it's like thirty minutes away. Okay, but um, it's a little bit cool. outside of the city. Yeah, I remember my grandma giving me hundred bucks and telling me to go wild, and I bought like Johnny Cash collectors knife edition, like <laughs> stuff like that. Should like, you buy when you're twelve? Yeah, 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 like knives and stuff because I thought it was cool. And I bought like a John. The funniest thing I bought was a John Wayne flask at like twelve years old. <laughs> John Wayne's not PC anymore, dude. No, he's not. No, he's not. Not at all. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was like one of my favorite childhood memories. Um that in Branson, Missouri. Branson, Missouri, what's there? Oh wow. Dude, Branson, Missouri is like it's like you go into that town and there's just tons of like venues. And that's like mostly what's it there. And it's like all country old country stars that that used to be in Nashville have their own theaters there. Really? Yeah, and they have other artists play. I remember getting to see Mickey Gilly, Mel Tillis, and um, just a bunch of different like old, old country yeah. stars. And it was super cool, but it was kind of depressing because you'd go to some of those theaters and go buy a ticket. It was super cheap, for one. And, and you go in there, and it's like the you know crowd's not even half full while you're watching the show. But these stars are like super old. It's like a mini Nashville. Yeah, it's like a mini Nashville, but it was popping when I went there. Interesting. It was, it was cool. Um, got to stop through St. Louis on the same bus tour. Speaking of uh, old country, on Dickerson Road, did you know that there's an old hotel? They just—it's uh, the Dive Motel. They just redid it. I guess it was the first place that um, Hank Williams stayed when he first got to Nashville. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. So they they made it into kind of like a trendy place, I guess, and fixed it up and all of that. And I went there. I dropped someone off driving for Uber and Lyft for the opening of it. Uh, and when I was there, I was dropping the dude off, and he's like, "That's Jack White and his Tesla. He's pulling on out." And I turn <laughs> around, and there's just like a Tesla speeding off. Oh wow, dude, that's awesome. It was Uncle Jack, dude. Dude, that's crazy. That that that's pretty awesome. Did you know that? I'm pretty sure Hank Williams died in West Virginia. Really? Yeah. I might be wrong on that, but I'm like very sure he did. I don't know that much about his story. I know that he was a very hard alcoholic. Yeah, I know that. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he died in the back of a car in West Virginia. I can Google that, but I'm like very sure of it. Yeah. That's like something everybody back home talks about. Yeah. Wow. Um... But yeah, I, I'm super happy to be here. You know, I'm very thankful that I've got the opportunity to move to Nashville because there's just so much going on at one time. It's um the bigger city life, and you know, it's it's cool to see everything that I I grew up on. You know, country music wise, non-country music wise, it's just all coming here, mm-hmm. and it's just awesome. 
There's such a healthy music scene here. Oh, I, yeah. I remember my first six months here. It was just like, I'm not even a drinker, but I was drinking a lot. Uh, just because it was like, it was the, the culture, you know? I'm, I mean, my job when I first got here, on Fridays, they would literally pass out beers. That's wild. The last hour of That's work. That's weird. It is, it is weird. It was like a, a frat, though. Yeah. You know? that, that's, that's what the job was. It was like a bunch of frat bros. I'm really grateful that I did it because I just realized what I don't want out of life. Because <laughs> um, it was like a corporate job and all that shit. But oh, yeah, Christ. it was a lot of get, getting drunk and not really knowing many musicians. Cause when you first get here, you don't really know anyone. Yeah. And no one knows you, so they don't want to work with you. Well, it's almost like alcoholism is supported in Nashville. Like they, they support your alcoholism. They mm-hmm. support your bad choices. They want you to do stupid stuff. There's <laughs> a heavy alcohol culture here. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, of course, right down the road in Lynchburg is where Jack Daniels is. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I think it's like uh, maybe 45 minutes or an hour outside of Nashville. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been to Lynchburg with uh, with the company I work for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a, an event there, uh, but that's awesome, um, dude. There's there's so much drinking here. Like, uh, I just thought it was crazy that you know I walked into a donut shop the other day, and there's a full bar in the donut shop, and I'm like, I just walked in here for donuts. Like, that's not, and and our movie theaters even have bars. You don't see that in West Virginia, or you don't see that like, you know, anywhere small town. That's almost like the drinking views is very different in Nashville than like small town. You know, if if you drink in like small town, you know, people think stuff about you. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's still like that. It's not like that back back where I'm from. You can go into the grocery store in Maine and they have liquor aisles. Yeah, well, they have that too. But it's like if you see your preacher from church while you're in the Walmart and you got like cases of beer in your cart, you know people think stuff. It's uh, it's different. Um, that just depends on where you're at, though. Yeah. Like people, people still party a lot. Yeah. You know, in the hills. When I was uh, 19, I worked at a grocery store uh, called Shaw's in Freeport, Maine, and it was one town below where I where I'm from, which is Brunswick. And uh, I was a bottle clerk. I was a cashier. I worked in the produce department. Yeah. I did a bunch of different things. And as a bottle clerk, people in Maine, the it's like state law. You have to recycle. Mm-hmm. So whenever you buy soda, whenever you buy alcohol, beer, anything like that, you you have to pay like a five cent or a ten cent tax per bottle. Really. And then you bring it back to the store, and they have these machines that you put them in. And whatever the machines don't take, there has to be someone there who actually scans it and enters it into the computer. Uh, And they have this giant machine for uh, glass bottles, and you have to take out the glass bottles and put them in the machine. You have to put on these protective goggles and all this shit. So I'll never forget the smell. That's the one thing I'll always remember from that time yeah. period of my life is that that smell. Yeah. Of sticky, like you know that sticky smell, yeah, like of yeah. booze and soda and beer oh. and all this shit, and you just put it into the machine and it breaks it down, and you do it by color too. And there are these giant barrels, and you have to snap on the the lids. Yeah. Uh, and you had to bring it out back, and uh, someone would come and pick it up, like giant trucks. Oh wow! So it was it was like a big thing. I've never heard of that ever. It's a big thing in Maine. Like recycling wow. is huge. Which honestly, we need to start recycling. Yeah, I I think it's we that's something we should do. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. No one does that in West Virginia. Or well, no, I'm not gonna say nobody does it in West Virginia. Virginia, nobody did it in my small in my small hometown yeah. because the nearest recycling plant. That you could take your, you know, your aluminum cans or whatever you're recycling to, it's like 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, nobody, nobody did it, and it's kind of bad. A lot of people burn garbage there. You know, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. <laughs> um, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. I do have so. 
a few months back I worked for a trash company. Yeah. And like they paid the best out of everybody I've worked I for. I bet. And but dude, I could not where I picked up stuff for like the festivals, dude, I could not get past that smell of booze, dude. It's like oh, the garbage. Yeah, so it's like you, garbage. You that smell. Garbage mixed with booze is exactly what it was. Yeah, dude. just like the worst smell. It was just rank and also sticky. Yeah, it was. It was awful. Because that alcohol smell, it's like sticky and sweet. Like I can almost feel it on my hands. Yeah. Like, and then you have like bar food mixed into like the trash. It was just terrible. All this fried shit. Oh yeah, and the people like. At these big festivals, they'll they'll lay out these things to where you can recycle and you can put trash in them. But like by the end of it, the people are so drunk they're just shoving shit in there. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So it it was the worst smell ever. Easily. Speaking of drunk people, you've have you seen Broadway Uncensored? Oh yeah, they shut the first page down. Why did they shut it down? Uh, because Instagram is soft. It's what it is now, man. It's it's. I mean, I kind of understand. A little bit, because there was some pretty, pretty terrible things on there. But people get crazy when they come to Nashville. Oh yeah, I mean it's a party town. It it is, and, and you have to expect that when you come here now. Like, um, yeah, they they have the second page though, Broadway Uncensored two. Yeah, which I started is, following them. Yeah, it's it's the same same dude that runs it. Um, but yeah, I love that page. Uh, I have the notifications turned on for it. Yeah, so I see it. <laughs> There's a lot of good Nashville pages though. Um Music Shitty. Music Shitty's a good one. I love that one. They make fun of, you know, of the things going like road work and stuff. It's yeah. pr- it's pretty funny. Um Nashville Eats is probably another one I like. Um I don't follow them. You should definitely follow them if you um want to find like good like mom and pop food. Yeah. It's not like chain. Yeah. You know, or like all the restaurants that are locally. Like and then they post good pictures of it too, so it's just it's pretty good if you want to find new restaurants. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down. You know, uh, one thing that I've been doing so far in 2020 is I haven't had any fried food. Yeah, we've been talking about that. That's a, little a bit. that's a hard thing to do in Nashville. Everything's fucking fried <laughs> Everything. and barbecued. Yeah, I mean Nashville hot chicken. Like that's you know you got to cut out all the the hot chickens and it's it's been crazy so far. Um, just because I realized how much fast food I was eating because I was just going for whatever was quick. Yeah. So that's the biggest difference I've noticed is that I haven't been spending as much money. How do you feel? I feel okay. Do you feel better or worse? I guess I feel better, like 10% better. Because the, the other thing is, I will say this, I will completely disclose my pizza intake has gone up. <laughs> so I'm still eating pizza and I'm also eating subs and stuff like that i figured this would be a good first step just to to try i think the next thing i'm probably going to try to do is cut out processed sugar yeah but i'm doing like one thing at a time once i can prove to myself i can do one thing it's like a mind thing you know we as like americans eat so much processed food everything we eat is processed well it's it's a first world problem you yeah. know what I mean? Like we have the ability to to feed everybody, but we're feeding everybody garbage. Yeah, we're we're literally killing ourselves. Yeah, slowly. Like, and it's it's an awful thing. I feel like I feel the same way about fried foods, but it's just like processed foods in general are just so bad. That's why I'd like to like go like eat clean mm-hmm. because it just makes you feel so much better. It really does. I it's definitely expensive. notice notice a difference. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah. Like eating vegan. Is so expensive, you know. You can you can eat clean, you know. You can eat you know fresh vegetables, but actually like cooking meals and stuff and getting all those things together, it's time consuming, which is a lazy excuse. It is, um, but it's also expensive too, you know. Um, at the end of the day, you can you can buy a meal from a fast food restaurant almost cheaper than you can you know cook something like that. It's cheap and time efficient. Yeah, and that's why that's why people do it. And I feel like if we made those things less, you know, I don't know, if we made them less convenient, almost America's health would be, you know, greatly benefited for sure. If we made vegetables cheaper and and stuff, I feel like that'd be more farmers markets. Yeah, but that also goes into like more jobs and like you know, boosting stuff like that. I feel like we're heading towards that. The one thing I think I personally struggle with, which I bet this is something that other people struggle with too, is 
uh, all the information that's out there. You don't know what's actually true and what's actually right. Yeah, I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I've watched on health and fitness. And, like, I'll try it, and I'll do these big fad diets, you know. Everything contradicts. Every Everything does. I'll hear the same argument, but in a different way from, like, three different people. And, like, they'll, they'll argue different things, and I never know what's right. And there's some sources on the Internet that I've found that um, that are pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, like, I'm subscribed to them on YouTube because I, I consider them pretty reliable. You know, as far as what they, but who knows? They might be wrong. We really don't know anything about our bodies and about like that kind of stuff. There's just, a, I think, a giant mystery around it. There's, there's people out there, I bet, who do have a better understanding, yeah, than us, yeah, a couple of musicians, but um, <laughs> doctors, doctors, people <laughs> like that. But even think about thirty or forty years ago. Longer than that, you know, smoking was. They said it was good for your health. And it was a good way to lose weight. Yeah. Women smoked when they were pregnant. I, actually, I mean, smoking scientifically does help you lose weight. Yeah, but it's it a terrible, it's your a body. terrible thing. Like you shouldn't do it. Like it's heroin awful. probably helps you lose weight too. Probably, like yeah. <laughs> but um, there's so much. Like if you go back to the 80s and like 70s, and you look at some of the laws, like some things that were just socially accepted, it's just crazy we don't know we don't really know anything it's like we're working through this whatever this human experience is and america's almost like it's really a country that's just an experiment yeah we're a baby country we are we are a, we are so small we're new it's it's crazy though because everybody you know i feel like if you go back 200 years or 100 years yeah you know the views are just so much different the the ethic was different dude I, it's yeah wild. you i mean how how old is america now so 1776 i can't do math bro yeah so 1876 I, is 100 is 100 years so right yeah yeah that's 100 years 1976 200 years 200 years yeah so we're on like 200 and Something years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad. No, it, you're good. I'm bad too. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's new. Yeah, we're a new country compared to like, you know, England and all those mm-hmm. other places, you know, in Europe. They're so much older and they have such a rich history. Definitely. And, and you know, our founding fathers had, had so much different plans, I feel. Yeah, dude. I think that's really the beautiful thing about America because it's like... It's so far away from yeah. what it was. It's its own thing. It's its own thing, and but the I think the doctrine and like truly the uh, the Constitution is needs to be the letter of the law to America. Yeah, it's. I feel like you know you can, you can be whatever you want here. You can, and a lot of people take that for granted. I think they do too. The, the other thing I think is happening now is. America, we've gotten so used to being a number one. Yeah. At least in the average American's eyes. Yeah. It's like we are the the superpower of the world. Yeah. We're very cocky about it too. We're, we're very cocky about it. Everybody does come to us in the world when something starts going down and they're like, we need your military. Isn't that interesting that we're the baby country and they do that? I don't understand that almost. It well, seems like any world problems, America's like either right in the middle of it or like about to like nudge into it. <laughs> and I honestly, I don't like that. That's one of my least favorite things about America. I, we need like, to stop fucking with the Middle East. We need to just get the fuck out of there and leave it alone. Yeah, they're fighting each other. They don't want any part yes. in us. But like, you never hear anything about you know other countries doing shit like Sweden. Like, I don't know. Like, They're neutral, dude. Yeah, you They're never. Like, we're out of this. You we never hear any anything about that. And like, I think it's so interesting that we're always like the problem child. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I don't, and I don't know what the answer is to that. Like, the one thing I will say that I don't like right now is that the average American, I feel like they don't have say in what's going on. And the people that are elected do not represent us. I feel like a lot of people aren't educated about what's going on, truly. Yeah. Like, factually. I feel like they are told something from birth. You're 100% correct about that. <laughs> the people are told something from birth, depending on where they're raised, and they go about believing that. And, yeah. like, I'm a very stubborn person, and sometimes I'll get it in my head that I think something is the way it is, but it's actually not. Sure. And then I'll get my eyes opened. 
And I feel like there's so many stubborn people in the United States that it's That's hard. an American quality and an American trait. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's very interesting, though. Um, I actually watched a comedian that talked about... I talked about this the other night. Um, so he was talking about how, you know, where he's from... You know, he came to America and heard American arguments and how it's very normal for American arguments lead up to someone potentially talking about the other person's mother. And he was like, where I'm from, that wouldn't fly. We wouldn't know what you're talking about. We'd be like, how do you know her? <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like that just goes to show like we're, we're very different people. And there's, there's like English language has even changed so much. Mm-hmm. There's so many different meanings, so many different words. Now it's it's. If I was trying to learn English, I wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah, it's like three languages in one. Yeah, words have multiple meanings. Yeah, it's like hello. I don't even say hello anymore. Almost. Yeah. You know, I will say hey, what's up? Yeah. Or you know, like it's 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 different. It is it, different. It's it's crazy, because, you know, people from other countries, you know. How do they expect to be able to, you know, learn all this different lingo that we come up with every day? You yeah. know, it changes Especially every day. Especially because of the internet now. Yeah, it changes so much. And that's the that's the reason it changes. Solely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to someone um, recently, uh, was a minister, and she was talking about how she was writing this book um, about the Tower of Babel. Do you know that Bible story? Yeah. I, I know it's, you know... Somewhat, yeah, I know it pretty well. Um, well, basically, and I might fuck this up, so just just correct me if, okay. if I get it wrong. But basically, the Tower of Babel, it was like God built this tower. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And because of that, like all these languages got spoken, and people were weren't able to communicate with each other. And it's now with the internet, though, the internet is like a universal language. We can communicate with people that are in Hong Kong. We can communicate with people that are in France. Yeah. So, so the way that story goes is, at the time, there was a bunch of people, and like this may not even be one hundred percent right, but I'm very sure like this is how it goes. So, at the time, there were a bunch of people, and they wanted to build a tower that would go all the way up to the heavens because they didn't know physics. <laughs> and 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 they were like, they we're didn't gonna, know about DMT yet. We're gonna build this tower, and so they they try to do it, and God was like, no, this is a terrible idea. So He makes them all speak different languages so they can't communicate. And in the Bible, that's how we get all the different languages. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I knew it was something along those lines, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. But I think it's it's very funny that that they were all like determined that they just wanted to build that tower. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's almost like the uh, the cell phone or the internet is is the tower now. Is the yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, truly, because we're able to communicate. You know, Google Translate. We can tell anybody what we want to tell them. Yeah, and we can talk to almost anyone. We can figure it out. It's not perfect yet. I yeah. think one day it will be. There's still language barriers. There's still language barriers, but now it it, it makes it possible for the people of the world to unite. Yeah. I feel like the English language will, will forever change. So it will, you know, if we would come up with technology that, you know, we'd be able to talk to anyone with, it'd have to, like, continuously adapt to how we're thinking. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just wonder if if other languages change. I imagine I really so. don't know that. But, like, does Spanish, does that language adapt or well, do they change? Do they? I know a little bit about that. Like I, I used to work with um, with a woman who was Dominican, and she would she was teaching me a little bit of Spanish because uh, an apartment community I worked at it was ninety percent Hispanic. So she she was teaching me a few things, and she was saying there's different slang in different different countries, yeah. like a word in the Dominican Republic. That slang might be an insult, but in Mexico it's a term of endearment. Oh wow. Which is kind of similar to the way, because America is also a very big country with a lot of different regions and a lot of different views on life. Like the the coasts are very different from each other. And then the south is different from like the northwest. So it's a lot of different belief systems. Yeah, definitely. I have a, um, 
an aunt who lives in Florida. She lives in like southern Florida, and she said the the dominant language in the area is mostly Spanish now. Yeah, where she lives, like South it, Florida. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, she said it's mostly. That's where my sister lives. Oh, really? She's, I was born down there. Really? Mm-hmm. That's where I was born. I was born um, in Boynton Beach. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think I think. It, it, it's not Southern Florida, but she lives in Gainesville now. Okay, I so have a friend. That's like uh, I think Northern Florida. Yeah. Well, her son lives in Orlando. Okay, Central uh, Florida. Yeah, um, but they're like from Southern Florida, like down there. They they lived there at some point. Um, Florida is a fascinating place. Florida is crazy, man. Florida. So I moved away from there when I was eleven because my dad was in the Navy, um, and that's when I moved up to Maine. Like I grew up in Maine, you know, I don't I don't have a lot of fond memories of Florida. Yeah. Um it was just like a lot of bad shit in my childhood down there, but uh Florida, South Florida is a really cool place, but it's also a very scary place cuz it's people It's just it's like a very angry place. Really? Yeah, it's very angry. I, I think it has to do with the heat. Dude, I was about to say that. I was literally about to say that that Florida to me is just so smothering. Dude, it, it, I feel like I'm constantly being strangled by the heat there. And it, it's wild, dude. You can be there in, like, December and January, and it's, like, hot there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's I, a cultural place, though. There's uh, Any food that you can imagine from around the world is in South Florida. That's really? one of the cool things about it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my aunt still lives in Florida. She, she still lives in Gainesville. Yeah. But um, when I went down there, That's I, where Tom Petty's from. No, I think so. No, yeah, really. Tom Petty and I think also maybe like the Almond Brothers. Don Felder was there. He he gave uh, Tom Petty guitar lessons when he was a kid. Dude, that's awesome. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Oh wow. It has a musical history to it. I didn't know Gainesville had a musical history. I flew into their airport and there's like two two terminals or whatever, and like I flew in there on like a cargo ship that was like it was small small plane. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a swamp, dude. The whole place. Oh wow, um, is Southern Florida mostly swamp? Well, there's the Everglades that are down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a lot of it, it's just super swampy. Yeah, I've been to Florida like a handful of times. I went to Disneyland when I was like a kid, or Disney World, or whichever yeah, Disney one's World down. is it Disney World? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disneyland's in California. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Disney World when I was like a child, which was super cool. Yeah, I've been a few times. I don't remember it mostly. I remember some stuff, but I was like, they take you there when you're a baby. Yeah. So you don't remember it, and I don't understand that. I feel like five and up is a good age for Disney. Yeah. Because yeah. you I can actually like, remember it. I feel like if I if I was going to take my child, if I had a child, um, I would want to take him at like eight years old. Yeah. Right in like the, the good part of the childhood. Yeah. You know, eight to 12. You want to do some news? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me pull up some stuff. Cool. Um, okay. We'll start with this one, because I thought it was probably the most interesting. Yeah. Um, Space Force Bible Blessing at National Cathedral Sparks Outrage. Well, why are they... Who's outraged? Um, I'm guessing just the media, really. The blessings... The blessing of what's being called the official Bible... For the new U.S. Space Force at the Washington National Cathedral on Sunday is drawing an outpouring of criticism on social media and condemnation condemnation um, from a prominent religious freedom advocacy group. So, like, people basically, I'm, I'm feeling like anyone who's anti-Trump and Christian is just completely, like, absolutely, like, hating this. And, and like... There's a there's another interesting article that I'm really surprised you didn't bring up. What what was um, it? I read this yesterday, and it was the Pope says that you can go to heaven if you don't believe in God. Interesting. And he's like targeting atheists for it. Interesting. Which yeah. Is, wow. That's like that's so weird to me. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know what? Honestly, I uh, I grew up Catholic. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I mean. My boss Ca- Catholic. Air quote Catholic. Mm. So it's like I've probably been to church maybe under 10 times in my life. We used to go every year when I was a kid yeah. for uh, 
for like Christmas mass, like Christmas Eve mass, mm-hmm. we would go there at like midnight. Yeah. Um, but I just, uh, I never really identified with it. I think religion has good merits and I'm yeah. not against it at all. If people want to believe it, I'm totally cool with it. Um, I think I, I probably do somewhat believe in something, but I, I'm interested in in the space force a lot. Yeah, like me I too. think it's a very positive thing that we're fucking doing. Yeah, space force is great. I think that that's one of the one of the coolest things. It's uh, a dumb name. Yeah, it's a it's such a dumb. It sounds like it'd be a movie about dogs that go to space. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, like a bunch yeah. of golden retrievers going to space. Space force. Like, and you know, Trump was just like, we're gonna call it the space force. He probably, before he was even president, he had that one in his back pocket, yeah. I feel like. We should have named it something like Badass, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like Intergalactic. I could see them having big belts that have Space Force on yeah. them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the lowest rank in Space Force is Astronaut, bro. Which is amazing. That blows my mind. Yeah. Because Astronaut, to me, is already like... It's the highest. It's the highest. Yeah. Like, there's not much past that. I have, I have a friend... Who's, who's studying to be an aerospace engineer. And I just think that's so awesome, dude. Yeah. Like, just like, that kind of stuff is so, like, above my intelligence, I feel like. I yeah, feel like I can, can't comprehend that kind of stuff because, like, there's a lot of people that can't understand our worldly physics. So, like, that's completely, like, throwing that out the window. Well, I hope the Space Force starts getting into like all that mind shit and all the psychedelic like interdimensional shit. I wonder if that's where it's going to go, you know, because we don't know much about it yet. I totally believe all of that. I believe it too. Oh, absolutely, dude. I spend a lot of time looking at like those kind of conspiracies and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's awesome. There's a uh, UFO Hangar 1. It talks a lot about that. Is it a website? No, 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 no. It's a show on Hulu. Okay. And it's so good. Um, there's a lot of stuff like that. I've noticed, though, here lately, if you get on YouTube and you try to look up conspiracy theories, YouTube is, like, not letting you find them. They're cracking down, dude. Well, there it's- was a, a thing that was fucking passed with uh, with the government or the FBI. We're, we're talking about conspiracy, making conspiracy theories illegal, dude. That's a freedom of speech. They That's need like- to fuck off, dude. The FBI, FBI needs to fuck off. The government needs to fuck off and not tell us what to believe. Yeah, that's that's freedom of speech, man. That's it's one hundred percent freedom of speech. Well, like that's like that's almost like borderline eighteen hundred. So when John Adams ran against Thomas Jefferson, and and that that presidential election was raunchy. They were making up false lies about each other, like like fake news. Like John Adams was like. Vote for me because Thomas Jefferson's dead. Like, <laughs> oh shit. Okay, <laughs> but but here's the kicker: when John Adams became president, he tried to make talking shit about the president illegal. <laughs> so you just couldn't. He tried to do that, dude, and, and also something Trump would try and do. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I feel like that'd be that'd be such a troll. Yeah, it, uh, tweets about me are illegal. Like you know, if you tweet something wrong about me, it's illegal. So people were freaking out, basically, that the Space Force has a Bible. Yeah. That, that's what the whole thing was, that they had a Bible that was blessed by yeah, like that was a religious blessed, leader. Blessed by the Pope, which I don't see an issue with. It, to me, I, I am religious. But, like, see, like I don't know. It's kind of weird. In West Virginia, before, like, a major, major surgery is performed, like on the heart or something, usually the surgeon prays. Yeah. Which to me is respectable. Hey man, you know what? If I was having major heart surgery, I would want the surgeon to to pray. Yeah, me too, dude. dude, dude so like, I feel like a Bible. Let's wants- not risk it, man. You know, <laughs> God might might exist or whatever. So might as well try and get him on our side. <laughs> so I feel like you know, it's like a good vibe too. It's like a good omen, or you know. Yeah. So I feel like that's a good thing. I feel like people should, like, not freak out about that yeah. as much as they... I, I mean, there's way more things to freak out. Australia's literally on fire, but we yeah. care about if there's a Bible on Space Force. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, there are no atheists in foxholes, as they say. Yeah. Uh, what's the next story? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Okay. 
Oops. Here we go. Neil Peart. Beyond the Gilded Cage. So he, he passed away. He, he did pass away. It's very sad. Um, I, I read this article and it's it's super interesting. I actually read it all. I was mm-hmm. very interested in it. Uh, he talks about how how back in Russia's like you know back in the eighties how it was unpopular to like them. To uh, like Rush? Yeah. Why? He said that it was almost like the equivalent of like being in math club because Rush was for nerds. I will agree that Rush is for nerds, dude. Rush is for drum nerds, definitely. It's definitely Technical for drums. nerds. It's it's like a, it's like jazz music for rock people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Their, their technical facility, as like the three musicians that were in Rush, which is Getty Lee, yeah, Alex Lifeson, and then Neil Peart. Uh, they're they're music geeks, and they understand theory, and they understand all that stuff, and a lot of their songs. Like their lyrics, which were done by Neil mostly, yeah, um, they have like this kind of geeky theatrical quality to them. Definitely, it talks about in the article too how they were virtuosos. They were all virtuosos, Definitely. like you know, and and it, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing to see like true musicians, not the people that we view today as famous. Yeah, you know, like a true musician, and I feel like that's one of the best compliments as being called a true musician. Yeah. You know, that's something I strive after. Absolutely. You know, not not being called famous, you know, Twitter famous, Instagram famous, being called a true musician by somebody who's good mm-hmm. means the world. So, and it's it's sad to see, like, a, a real musician die. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, R.I.P. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are talking about how that day for drummers is, like, the worst day. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's super sad. Uh, I didn't know he wrote a lot of songs. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Mm-hmm. I'd never ever seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I I never honestly, I never listened to a lot of Rush. Neither uh, did I. I. Used to I used to really honestly kind of hate them. Really, but as uh as I've gone through my own musical journey, I've learned to appreciate the things I didn't necessarily understand. Because I always thought they were like a geek band. Yeah. Which they are, but that's that's okay. Like, they're honestly really fucking good. Yeah, this is a totally unpopular opinion. But I don't really care. Um, so, I used to feel the same way, but like about Led Zeppelin. Really? Yeah. But like, I respect them. I respect them now. But it was like some bands like that that were in the 80s. I just couldn't get into as a child. What do you um, think it was? I don't really know. I feel like it might have been the music that I was like, not forced to listen to, but listened to a lot. You know, like Hank Williams and like old country and gospel. Which is more songwritery stuff. Yeah, more songwritery stuff. More, and and for me, rock and roll genre was never like something. I I never wanted to be a headbanger. I was all about melodies. Yeah, and about song. I was always a singer songwriter type of of. And then I got really big into jazz and stuff, listening to it. And then um, I got really big into blues, mm-hmm. which is all, you know, like the, the blues part of it's still like singer-songwriter stuff, yeah. you know, and technical stuff. So it got more into the nerd aspect. Getting into blues can make you appreciate Led Zeppelin in a different way. Yeah. Because they were basically, they saw themselves as a blues band. Yeah. That was their influences. Um, I've, I've never been into Tool. I've never been into Tool either, which that's another thing. They're they're playing at Bonnaroo. Yeah, they are. Dude, I that's, think on Friday night. That's a massive thing. I can respect Tool. Yes, same. I can respect them, but I've never been a real heavy metal kind of guy. Me either. There's some metal I like. like I like Judas Priest. I can appreciate Metallica. Yeah. Uh, and their musicianship and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've never been big into that. Dude, um... Honestly, like I, I mixed a heavy metal band once, and it was, it w- it was so bad for me because mixing something you are basically trying to go after a specific sound, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't listen to enough metal music to understand what sound they're looking for. Yeah, you know, if they want to sound me- like Metallica, I'm not going to be able to like make them sound like Metallica. Sure. So that was like probably one of the most challenging 
things I've ever tried to do mixing wise. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you yeah. pull up the uh, the Bonnaroo uh, lineup for this year? Yeah, sure. I'm pretty excited for Bonnaroo. I've never been. I know it's it's a huge deal. Uh, whenever Bonnaroo comes to to Tennessee every year, East Nashville pretty much clears out. Yeah, there's uh, there's not many people around. It's like everybody's away at summer camp, and you're the only kid that's still like back home waiting for all your friends to to get home from summer camp. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I can totally see that too. I can totally. I've I've not been here during that time, but I can totally see all of East Nashville basically going to Bonnaroo. Yeah. Um, you want me to read some of the lineup? Yeah. So, Tool, Miley Cyrus, um, Bass Nectar. You know who Bass Nectar is? Yeah, the EDM artist. Yeah, the 1975. Um, let's see, Young the Giant, Megan the Stallion. I, I did an event for her. Really? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't get to, to watch all of it, but I watched some of it. Uh, Brittany Howard, which is awesome. Dude, I've always wanted to see her. I think she lives in Nashville. Does she? I think so. I've never got to see the Alabama Shakes, but you know, I, I still would like to see her. Um, so the next day, the thirteenth, um, Lizzo. So that's Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, Lizzo, Flume, Oysterhead, uh, Tenacious D, Jason Isbell, and the Four Hundred Unit, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, mm-hmm. the Baby. Which, he's he's pretty good. Um, I think the Growlers are playing on Saturday. Kevin Gates, which is he's old. Yeah. Uh, now, and Marcus King Band might be on Saturday too, or it might be like Marcus King solo because he has that new record coming out on Friday. See. Yeah, the Marcus King Band, uh, the Growlers, Billy Strings. Uh, there's a lot of people on here I've I've, I've never seen. Yeah. But um, I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. You know. Sunday, I think, is the day I'm most excited for. Dude, Sunday, are you going? I'm, I'm trying to. Okay. I want to go yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, and I would, hopefully that would be awesome. cover it. That would be awesome. Because Sunday is, I know it's Tame Impala. I can't even speak. Tame Impala. So I would love to see them again. They came here yeah. last summer, but they only had two songs out. I'm like, I don't want to go see them if they only have two new songs out. I want to go when yeah. they have a new record out, a whole new record, because their new record's coming out February 14th. Um, and then Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey. That's who's good. That's, I, I do like her. I, that's a guilty pleasure for me, dude. And I'm going to hate saying this on the podcast because I know my mom's going to listen to it and she hates Lana Del Rey. Yeah. But that's like a guilty pleasure for me. Um, she did an album in Nashville with Dan Auerbach. From yeah, the I know. That's, that's awesome. Vampire Weekend's going to be there. Vampire Weekend. I have wanted to see them for a long time. They were here also last summer, but I I wasn't able to make it out that night. Uh, they'll be good to see, and I feel like they're also a good festival band. Yeah, Leon Bridges, Young Thug, Grace Potter, also um, good. The Struts. Have you seen the Struts? No. Oh well, I they were at the Jack Daniels New Year's thing I was at, mm-hmm. and they played, and they're pretty good. There's a lot of they they've opened for like the Beatles and like the Rolling Stones. And um, stuff like that. They're pretty good. The Beatles or Paul McCartney solo? The Beatles. They're they're that old of a band? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's what they said at the event. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're an old band. They're old. But they... they, Like, I'm not making fun of them or anything, but they they look like they're still in their emo phase, but they're old. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They definitely have that vibe. But they're really good. The musicianship's great. Uh, Oliver Tree, which is like a new artist. I've never heard any of his work, but he's really popular. Um, Morgan Wallen, um, which is very weird to have him mixed in all of that. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who sings Whiskey Glasses? Yeah. I think it's kind of weird to have uh, Jason Isbell mixed with all those people. Yeah, like I Lizzo, could, I could see Jason Isbell a little bit more than... Um, Morgan Wallen? Yeah. He's a mullet. He's going to be the only guy with a mullet at Bonnaroo. Nice. You know what? <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah, Good for rock him. and roll. Um... Yeah, that that's all the people that I know. Bill Frizzell is on Sunday night. He's yeah. a, a great jazz guitarist. He was like a very prominent session player. I think he's originally from Colorado. He um he played on uh Nora Jones's big album. The one don't know why I didn't call. 
that one. Yeah. Uh, I saw Bill Frizzell actually when I was 15 and working at the Maple Room in Lewiston, Maine. That was my first job. He went there to play. He played like two sold out shows. Wow. It was just him and his electric guitar. I think you played maybe a Telecaster. Yeah. Uh, amazing player. Incredible musician. So do you think that Sturgill would do Bonnaroo? He did Bonnaroo last year. Did he really? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's it was awesome. his 40th birthday. And uh, Josh Norfleet called it because we, we've been watching videos basically since he he stripped it down to a four-piece. Yeah. Uh, it was right after he won the Grammy he did that. He went out on the road, and Josh said he was going to make a rock record. Wow. We were just soloing. That's he was like, awesome. I think that's what he's doing next, and he was right. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Um, I didn't know he did that. Um, that's I want to see him. I definitely want to see him with Tyler Childers. They're playing at Bridgestone. When? I think in May. In May? I, I thought they had already... They, no, they played at the Ryman. Yeah. They sold out both nights. Yeah, I saw Sturgill at the Ryman a couple of years ago uh, on the Sailor's Guide to Earth tour. He came out and did one set of all of his previous albums. And then for the second set, he played a Sailor's Guide to Earth front to back with like a full horn section and all that. It was oh, wow. amazing. Honestly, that was probably... The best show that I've seen in Nashville because it felt like the whole audience was like, "Yeah, we're here for Sturgill, and this is our secret." And fuck music, bro. <laughs> fuck all the Nashville bullshit. You know, it just felt yeah, that way. Yeah, dude. I, I want to see. I want to see Tyler. I bet Tyler will. After he comes out with a new album, he'll probably you know do his own big tour. Yeah, I feel like when he has another album under his belt, he'll have like a successful album. He'll have a, a big tour. Yeah, I think he he did the Ryman. Or he's going to do the rhyme in a couple nights on his own. Yeah. And he'll probably sell out. Yeah. He's a, he's a big guy now. Yeah, he um, is. I mean, he's nominated for a Grammy. Which is great for him because he's just so close to where I live. Yeah. And he's like 10 minutes away from me. Yeah. I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, It's cool to see somebody from small town, you know, Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. But, um, you know, just make it big. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, I want to see Midland for sure. That's definitely on the bucket list. Yeah. They're just such they're good musicians too. They're from Texas, right? Um, I believe so. They met in Arizona though. Interesting. Um, the cool thing about them, I think, is the fact that they all songwrite together. All their songs are written together collectively. And I just feel like I don't know, that's just like true band. You know, you, you definitely get the vibe from mm-hmm. them. And their style is awesome. You know, they're bringing back the steel guitar, which is just so cool to me. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this bitch up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will uh, we will see you soon. <laughs>